You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, day after the draft and the official start of the Zion Williamson era. He will be introduced to the media later today. I will be there. We'll get some of the audio if we can from it. But we've got to do a draft recap show. So there was so much going on. We are going to focus just on the first round. We'll get to the second round picks of everything on Monday or maybe over the weekend, depending on how things shake out, because there was a lot to take away. Yes, Zion went number one overall. The city has fully embraced him. We're going to look at that from a couple of different angles. Then the Pelicans had two other first round picks after a trade about an hour before the draft with the Atlanta Hawks. I'll let you know what that deal was if you don't already know. Let you know who they took and give you scouting reports on both of those guys. And then kind of just tell you what's next for this team. So a lot of ground to cover in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So New Orleans is in the middle of Zion fever and they welcomed him here with the only way we know how to do it. And that is a huge damn party. The Pelicans Fan Fest was a lot of fun. I went to go check that out instead of heading to the uh, training facility for the official like media type of thing because I wanted to see what was going on. The Pelicans originally kind of thought maybe 2,000-ish people would show up. That's how many they invited. Uh, New Orleans, you showed out and showed up. The early indications are there were between four to 5,000 people, likely on the higher end of that. Manning's was bumping. Fulton Street was bumping. It was a lot of fun and an absolute sea of red. On my way to the office in the morning, driving in, saw people in Pelicans jerseys, saw a couple of Do It Big and Do It Bigger t-shirts there from the playoff run a couple of years ago. Awesome to see overall. This city was excited. ESPN sent Marty Smith down to do a number of pieces. This is exactly the type of first impression the city wanted to make on Zion, and they did a very, very good job. I was there doing WWL radio on their draft show. The whole night was a great time with those guys. Christian Garrick, Seth Dunlap, and former NFL player Deuce McAllister. Saints, great there too. Talking all sorts of basketball. If you listened into that as well, thank you very much. It was a lot of fun just a great celebration for New Orleans yesterday and it was outstanding when they took Zion Williamson with the first overall pick no surprise there whatsoever Zion in his immediate interview after showed that humility that makes you really want to like this guy in addition to all of the on-court things that he brings we know about his explosiveness his rebounding his defense his shooting his speed his athleticism all of that But it's those intangibles that are really what's going to make him great. We played the clip yesterday on the show where he said, I never want to be a finished product. Awesome. This is a guy who's known he's going to be the number one overall pick for about nine months now. And despite all of that and all of the ego that comes with it, he went up there when they 
uh, selected his name and was in near tears. When Maria Taylor of ESPN interviewed him after, he was breaking down. That's really cool to see. He just wants to enjoy this, have fun, and go and do his thing. And oh, by the way, he had a tremendous, tremendous line to New Orleans when giving his first true address to the city, saying he's excited, but most importantly, looked into the camera and said, let's dance, which maybe should be the hashtag for New Orleans instead of bird strikes. That's pretty good. That's the way to embrace New Orleans. That's what you should say. Awesome by him. Great night for the Pelicans. This is the start of something. And as I said on Twitter the other day, I've covered this team for nine years now. This is the most excitement I've seen by a long shot. More so than when AD was drafted. Yes. More so than the playoff run last year where they swept the Portland Trailblazers two years ago now, whatever you want to call it. This could be very much the start of something here in New Orleans. Very cool. The city and you, the listeners, should all be proud of everything that happened yesterday and the first impression they made and the message they didn't just send to Zion but the rest of the NBA and just sports landscape in general. People still think of this as a ba- as a football city. You just all showed them it's not only a football city. Very, very cool to see. And hey, Zion Williamson, number one overall. We don't need to do a breakdown of him because you know about this guy by now. And I've got a podcast that is solely dedicated to looking at him offensively, defensively, and with everything else. So make sure you go check that out if you want to know a little bit more about him as a player on the court. But a lot of fun. Zion Williamson, officially a Pelican. So if you're a new Pelicans fan jumping on with Zion Williamson, welcome. It's going to be a fun ride and we've got a bright future ahead of this team here. So if it's your first time listening, thank you all for tuning in. If you've been here for a while, I appreciate that as well. Also, big shout out to everyone who came and said hi to me over at the Pelicans Draft Fest last night. It was a lot of fun. I always enjoy meeting the listeners of the podcast. Please make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from and leave a five-star rating helps keep this free and five days a week for you giving you the best pelicans insight and analysis anywhere so again make sure you listen and subscribe to the locked on pelicans podcast so we knew zion williamson was going to go number one overall to the pelicans but what we didn't know was what they were going to do with the fourth overall pick Well, about an hour before the draft, we kind of got all of that straightened out as they made a trade with the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks were getting number four overall and Solomon Hill and his contract that goes along with it. Coming in for New Orleans was the eighth overall pick, the 17th overall pick, and the 35th pick in the draft. Also going out of the draft to the Atlanta Hawks was the 57th pick in the draft in the second round that the Pelicans had. And then we found out a little bit later that the Cavs pick next year, 2020, which is lottery protected, is also coming back to New Orleans. So getting two picks in the first round here for New Orleans and getting a future first, which if it doesn't convey, and who knows if it's going to convey or not, to be honest, converts to two second round picks after that. Overall, pretty good for New Orleans because it didn't really seem like they were enamored with anyone at four. And it seemed like maybe they wanted to trade down, get some future assets, but also maybe move some of those other picks. So as the draft went on and on and on, they came up on eight. And the big question was, what would they do there? So instead of trading the pick, at least for now, but we'll talk about that in the third segment or a little bit later, they did select someone, someone I am very high on. And my immediate reaction was, hell yeah. And that's Jackson Hayes, J-A-X-S-O-N. That's how he spells Jackson Hayes. 
the center out of Texas. Freshman who's 6'11 and a half with a pretty good size of 220 or so. He's 19 years old, won't be um, 20 until next offseason. So overall, very good pick for the Pelicans getting him with the eighth overall selection. This is a guy in 32 games last season, 23.3 minutes per game, shot 72.8% from the field. You heard that right. 72.8% from the field, basically because he was just shooting down low at the rim. Almost all of his shots were under the basket, in the paint, in the restricted area. Very few from mid-range, and frankly, not a a stretch guy. Almost no three-point shot attempts, if he even took one at all. Has a pretty good free-throw stroke. Doesn't get to the line a ton. 74% from there. Five rebounds per game, 2.2 blocks, along with 10 points. So he's putting up a stat line of 10, 5, and 2 in college. This is a guy who did not play a ton of minutes in his one year there and kind of shot up draft boards and maybe surprised a lot of people. He wasn't on almost anyone's draft board going into this year and ended up being a top 10 pick. This is a guy who's got exceptional leap ability, rim protection, rim running, anything you kind of want and almost almost everything you'd want in a center next to Zion Williamson. Maybe you'd like some more shooting, but overall, this is a guy who kind of reminds you of Clint Capella, maybe DeAndre Jordan. And that's a pretty good thing to have next to Zion. Zion eventually, I think, can be a strong five in the NBA. But you don't want him guarding those bigger, bruisier centers to start his career. Jackson Hayes can soak up a lot of those minutes, along with Jaleel Okafor, who the Pelicans picked their option up on this past, um, well, just yesterday. So you've got guys who can soak up those minutes so Zion can get spot minutes at the five if he plays any at all. This is also a guy who's exceptional in the pick and roll. Imagine four or five pick and rolls like what we wanted to see with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. Instead now with Zion Williamson as the ball handler, Jackson Jackson Hayes as the screener and roll man. He gets above the rim and can finish. So when you throw up a lob, one that's not even particularly great, he can grab it and throw it down. He also has pretty good straight line speed and he runs overall pretty good in transition. So he's got enough athleticism that could let him guard fours, fives. I think on the perimeter, it's going to be a bit of a problem, um, but he can kind of get out there. So initially, it's gonna he's going to struggle, but he can get there eventually is what I meant to say. I don't know if he's going to have a ton of switchability right off the bat with everything, but overall, this is a dude who just goes out and wants to play basketball, play hard. Defensively, he's going to protect the rim. He's going to free Zion up to get in the passing lanes, use his arms to poke the ball loose, his instincts to poke the ball loose, and start to lead a fast break that way. That's pretty exciting for me. Again, not the best defender out in space. You want this guy close to the rim in in 100%, and he doesn't have a vast repertoire of moves down low. It's more get him close to the basket, lob it up for him. There's no real low post game, but I think this is the Pelicans really believing they can kind of um, develop this guy and buying into their system. So I think it could work really well. I think they're very excited about him. And overall, you just have maybe the most athletic front court in the NBA right now with Zion Williamson and Jackson Hayes. So that was the 
eighth overall pick for New Orleans out of the trade with Atlanta. Overall, if you walked away with these two guys, you'd feel pretty good. This was a great start to the night for New Orleans. And then depending on how you feel about the next guy, the more I've watched of him, the more I've grown on him. They made a selection at 17 that also looks pretty good. And let's talk about him. So with the 17th overall pick, I think everyone was expecting maybe Gonzaga's Brandon Clark to be the pick. But no, they went a different direction, and the Pelicans selected Nikhail Alexander-Walker, guy with three names, always a crowd pleaser, a sophomore shooting guard out of Virginia Tech. This is a guy that analytics and numbers look really highly upon, and he's a very good scorer. 16.2 points per game, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, shot uh, 37.4% from deep on 4.5 attempts per game, 47.4% from the field overall, did this in a shade over 34 minutes, played 34 games in college, and an E field goal percentage of 54.6. Very good. Like overall, his numbers are absolutely outstanding. He's got pretty good size too. He's six five and a half with a six ten wingspan. Exactly what you want to see. And a guy who can kind of just do it all. He does well with the ball in his hands. He's a good cutter and spot up shooter without the ball in his hands. He can clearly pass the rock and keep it going. And he also can kind of defend enough multiple positions which with his size and length. So it just kind of fits what the Pelicans have here and a guy who can space the court a little bit more. Excellent in the catch-and-shoot situation where he's kind of going to be that outlet guy, doesn't always need the ball in his hands, and given that you have a guy like Lonzo who does, Drew who kind of does but kind of doesn't, and then Frank Jackson who more so needs it in his hands than not, getting Nikhail Alexander-Walker I think is pretty good because he is one of those combo guards that it looks like it's going to overlap with those guys, but you know what? His skill set is very, very complementary for everything, so I think you're looking at him being part of the future. Still a little bit younger and not younger, but maybe not as good of an NBA player as some of the other guys that were there, but I think someone the Pelicans were very clearly high on. Shot 77.8% from the free throw line, getting there at a pretty good rate in college. Also only the second Virginia Tech player ever drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. The other one, by the way, being Del Curry, Steph Curry's dad. Uh, So pretty cool to see. Um, So he's got a lot of potential. His numbers jump out at you. Watching him, Uh, It hurts a little bit. He turns the ball over far more than you would like. His handle isn't as tight as you would like it to be. 2.9 turnovers per game. But he's sound defensively. He can get out there and dish the Brock as well as score. Kind of just does whatever you need. And having a versatile player like that here in New Orleans with some of the other guards that they have, I think makes him a very good fit. So a bit of a surprise, but really when you start to watch him, I think you're going to like this guy a whole lot. So before we get to what's next and some of the comments that David Griffin said after the draft when he spoke to the media, again, don't forget, subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. We're going to have a lot more for you all, breaking down everything from this draft. And now what the Pelicans are going to do in free agency, because by the way, they've got about $33 million to spend should they want to. Good time to be a Pels fan. Get your friends involved. Get them excited. Tell them about the podcast as well. And subscribe and listen daily to Locked on Pelicans. Pelicans. 
So I said we were going to wait to talk about the second round. I'll be honest, that was because when I started recording this, the second round hadn't started yet, and I wanted just to push it you know, to another day and not have to maybe stay up and just knock this out. But guess what? We don't actually need to talk about the second round because with their two picks, the Pelicans took a draft in stash in Marcos Luzada Silva, who's probably not going to play here next year whatsoever. And then they got rid of the other pick that they had, 39 overall, trading it for two second future second round picks and some cash. So cool. That was our discussion about the second round of the NFL NBA draft. So now what for the Pelicans? And this is where things get a little bit interesting. The Pelicans are going to come in with three rookies on the roster next year. That is a very, very young team. But they also have cap space. And David Griffin's comments after the NBA draft were pretty telling on how this team looks to be rounded out going forward. So they've got about $33, $32 million in cap space after the Solomon Hill trade. That's enough for a max level guy. However, the issue is no max level guy is going to come here and I don't think you're on the timeline where you want to sign a guy like Tobias Harris to a four-year max deal. So David Griffin said right now, because of how young this team is, they are looking for culture driving veterans. You can accomplish this two ways. Sign those guys in free agency. Overpay for a one or a two year deal for to get those guys to come in, play some basketball, teach your young guys and just be a good fit going forward or use your cap space like an asset. Use your cap space to take on overpaid but pretty decent veterans that other teams want to offload and are willing to give you a first round pick or a young guy alongside. Case in point, maybe Danilo Gallinari out of uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. They likely want to move on from his huge contract. New Orleans has the cap space to accept that contract into, and it makes a lot of sense that he could end up here if they had a future first round pick to potentially send. Just keep acquiring assets. David Griffin talked about how he's got a war chest and now they can send that out or they can continue to build that up and it gives them a lot more flexibility. Exactly what we thought they were going to do, exactly what you want to see them do as well. This is all going according to plan and is kind of a bit of the Pelicans trust the process movement with everything. So I think it's pretty great to see. So so David Griffin, after the draft, spoke a lot about Zion Williamson and the impact that he's already made and is going to be making here in New Orleans. And he touched on something that I talked about in the first segment, and that's that humility from Zion Williamson, the type of qualities that really make you want to like him. And he'd said, you know, he got emotional watching Zion Williamson speak to Maria Taylor after when he's talking about how important this is for his family and what he wants to do. And Griff, in the press conference, didn't tear up. This was not like the Warriors uh, and Bob Byers the other day after the Kevin Durant injury, but it was very clearly that impacted him. And he knows the impact he's making on this guy's life. And he knows the impact that Zion's making on the city of New Orleans here. It's really cool. And he constantly spoke to the human element during this time. And that's because this is how he builds the team. It is a culture-based organization from now on. That's what this is. Not results-based, not anything else. Get the best and brightest, figure out what they do, bring in people that match your core values and what you want to accomplish as well. And he's clearly building this. And when you look at those veterans that he's going to want to add, 
It's not guys just looking to get paid who want to go out and get their points and will score for you. It's guys who fit everything top to bottom with this team. He spoke highly of Alvin Gentry, saying Alvin Gentry really connected with Zion Williamson's family, saying in the hour and a half that they spoke after the draft lottery, the only person in the NBA that could have made that impression on Zion's family was Alvin Gentry, and that is so important to him and this organization as well. He then went on to say just they had to pick up the option. That made a lot of sense, and everything they're doing and building fits with Alvin Gentry's system in mind. Speaking of everything they're doing and building, he could not talk about a lot of the in-the-ether trades that have not been completed just yet, but will be completed because of just how this goes and kind of the stupidity of this in the NBA. Like, the Lakers drafted someone at four who will never play for them or the Pelicans, but will go to the Hawks, and they put on a Lakers hat, they put on a Lakers watch, okay, whatever. But Griffin said... No player we acquired or are in the process of acquiring was brought in to be moved. He then goes on to say that no one's untouchable, however, so he's not necessarily going to rule it out. But when you talk about building a culture, this is kind of interesting. Aaron Baines opted into his player option with the Celtics under the assumption he wasn't going to be part of an Anthony Davis trade or traded at all. Well, he just got traded to the Suns, like immediately after the fact. It looks bad. No one wants that. And that can kind of maybe scare people off from playing for you. Look at AD's dad coming out and saying he didn't want his son playing for the Boston Celtics because of what they did to Isaiah Thomas. And now Aaron Baines. The Pelicans are building the opposite of this and are building a very deep and rich culture here within the franchise that should attract a lot of people, the best and brightest, and that includes players. Very exciting to see. I think this is kind of awesome. And if you're a fan, this organic way that they're building it from the ground up that's rooted in culture is absolutely awesome and is going to lead to a lot of long-term success with New Orleans. If you want some winners and losers, by the way, they are winners of this draft without a doubt. They came into this with a bit of a lack of talent, not a ton of young talent on the team. You're walking away with Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Pretty good draft overall, and it's just impressive what the the turnaround has been for this New Orleans Pelicans team and is getting the city very, very excited about NBA basketball. It's not just a football town anymore. This vision that they're going out and executing is tremendous. Uh, David Griffin spoke about uh, Gail Benson and the bandwidth that she's providing. He spoke about the G League 2, which I thought was very interesting. We'll talk about that on Monday or Tuesday next week. We're going to have a lot more coming. So make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Again, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a five-star rating. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday. And just get excited because the Zion Williamson era has finally started.